Looks like some kind of insect. A bee. Bees, Scotty. Killer bees. Are you endowing these bees with human motives? Do you have any idea what those bees can do? The honeybee is vital to the environment. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Welcome to Killer Bees. This is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No, this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons. My name is Garrett Smith. And my name is Tori Potenza. We can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at gmail.com. Please send us an email. We like to read those. Mm -hmm. And you can find our podcast on moviejohn.com. That's Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. We're part of their podcast network. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider. Our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And today we're talking about Linnea Quigley. Yeah. It's Linnea, right? I believe so. At least I was saying Linnea. Uh, and then when we watched the workout video, yes. everyone was saying Linnea. Linnea, And I was yeah. like, I'm glad we watched this <laughs> yes, because okay. I would have sounded like an idiot. I didn't even clock that. I just, yeah. okay, all right, yes. Okay, good. So it's Linnea. Yeah. Linnea quickly. Uh, and she's definitely one of the people for me that, like, when we were thinking about the concept of this podcast, like, she was one of the first people I, like, thought about and wanted to do because she's, like. Which makes sense to me. She's one of your B favorite movie. movies like scream queen yeah. like yeah. yeah she she does like all the 80s like uh, according you know. according to her workout video she's the queen of scream the queen of scream it's yeah. very true yeah. uh and she like uh you know we'll talk about this a little bit but she like is pretty active in like the convention stuff and yeah. like has um recently like this summer she was at Mahoning Drive-In um right, which yeah. we love and was close to us and she like I follow her on Instagram and she like posted pictures and she was like in Philly like visiting for like that weekend cool. and she was at Cantina which is right across the street from my work oh, yeah. and I was like ah Linnea was like right there <laughs> like near my work that's and so cool I wish she came to the bookstore so oh, yeah. I could have said hi yeah would have made my day. Yeah. Uh, but I would like also love to meet her. She's like on my my list of of people. Like I gotta gotta meet someday. I have no idea what I would say to Linnea quickly. Uh, man, I don't know. I feel like there's stuff I'd like to ask her probably. Um, but like she has a very special place in my heart, specifically because of one movie also, which we'll yeah. talk about a lot. I figured. Yeah. Um, she's in one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm. But she's also in, like, a ton of, like, iconic stuff. Uh, yeah. And and I was going to say, I was actually going to say, like, the, you know, the movie that you love her from might be her most iconic role. But then I remember the that, like, she's in Return of the Living Dead in one of the most iconic yeah. scenes in that movie. For sure. And so it's like, yeah, she actually has done, like, quite a few things that are, are pretty iconic. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about her. Yeah. Also, I have a new laptop, and I realized that it's a touchscreen. I've never had a touchscreen laptop before. Oh, so I didn't know that was a touchscreen. Yeah, you, I'm like, ooh. You be touching on that? Yep. Uh, is there anything we watched lately that you'd like to mention? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, um, but you know, personally, so I've been going through the Gamera series. Uh, I'm sure I've talked about my love of Godzilla on this podcast before. Uh, I got the box sets for the Gamera series, which is... Um, you know, basically Godzilla, but from a different studio. It's like a Godzilla knockoff series. Um, 
that I think are known for being pretty bad. You know, they're um, you know them I think from Mystery Science Theater. Yes. Um, but uh, I'm really enjoying them. I'm having a great time watching the Gamera movies. Yeah. I've watched like, the first four from the show era. And, in and... the wise words of Joel and the bots, uh, Gamera is really neat. He is filled with turtle meat. We all <laughs> love you, Gamera. <laughs> love that. Yep. yep. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's great. I'm really loving the Gamera series. Having a great time with it. I, uh, Gamera is for all children, according to the one I just watched. Yep, and, that's uh, true. He's the savior of kids. Uh, there's also like class issues in each of them, mm. uh, which I kind of like. I feel like Gamera is is for the people, you know. Oh, true. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anti-capitalist. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. Gamera mm-hmm. is for the people. Hell yeah! Uh, I'm into so that. So been enjoying Gamera. But there's one movie that I assume you would like to talk about that we watched together, uh, which is a new movie that we both thought was, was real good, right? Yeah. Uh, the Last Matinee. Hell yeah. Oh, I loved The Last Matinee. Yeah, me too. I, I liked this movie a whole lot. I thought this was, it was so fun. It looked so good. Yes. And it just, yeah, I, I don't know. Like everything about it like really like ticked a lot of boxes for me. I feel like this is the year that suddenly everybody is talking about Giallo mm. and multiple movies have come out that people have gone, oh, they're reviving Giallo. Mm-hmm. And this might be the one that actually feels like that to me. Yeah, because even uh, Scary of 61st Street has some Giallo vibes, mm-hmm. uh, which we watched. And Last Night in Soho is definitely Last Night in Soho, like, that's some... what I was trying and, to think of too. And, like... and I think successfully so and stuff, but mm-hmm. like they all, those are all ch- trading on... I don't know, like the iconography of that genre. I don't know how to describe this, but like the last matinee actually feels like it could be a giallo. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's somebody paying tribute to giallo. Yeah. It it really actually feels like giallo to me. Yeah. It also has some like dope, disgusting kills. The kills are crazy in it. Yeah. yeah. And just like like gross out moments. Like yeah. there was a moment where I was like, oh God, I yeah. like actually can't stand the, what I'm watching. The movie references uh, opera a lot, which mm-hmm. is a Dario Argento movie that we both really like. And in one particular way, it references opera a whole bunch and is real gross oh, and difficult yeah. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just like, yeah, really good filmmaking because like there's mm-hmm. that part at the end where. Uh, it, like there's a kid like at the beginning that drops the gumballs down yeah. the stairs and then later on they do that same that thing later yeah. in a grosser way yeah. and it just th- there were so many moments like that where it, like calls back to like yeah. I don't know like the magic of movies yeah. and then like the horror of what's happening later on in the movie and yeah uh, killer soundtrack like, yeah, yeah yeah really good so music many, yes so many good things I-, I liked this movie so much and but it's just like it is just very fun straightforward mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Giala. I mean, it's like it pulls no punches. Mm-hmm. It also pulls no surprises. It's just like doing the thing and doing it well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess, you know, we watched Scary of 61st uh, right. because that's a movie that I am going to be reviewing uh, for Movie John. Um, yeah. And I didn't love this movie. And I know a lot of people do. And I honestly like. I want some people to talk about this movie with yeah, me yeah. Um, because I want to know like what they're picking up on. Like uh, actually um, the host of girls gets and Giallo watched the movie and really liked it and talks about the fact that um, it's a movie about Jeffrey Epstein and like pedophile rings. Yeah. And 
goes on to like talk about how there were a lot of uh, moments that they thought of that referenced things like repulsion I've um, seen a lot and of possession. People, yeah, talking about yeah. it being specifically referencing Polanski. Yeah, and so like using this movie about this like these like acts that happened recently to also kind of reference back to a filmmaker who was also problematic for those very similar yeah. reasons and so there is like a lot of interesting stuff going on with the movie about it it's written by women it is directed yeah. by a woman they all star in the movie yeah. too and so there's so much like stuff i j- i actually think there's a podcast that interviewed uh the two um, writers and the yeah, yeah. director um so i saved it on my phone because i'd like to listen to it and like hear more from them i'd be curious about that too i unfortunately like don't really have that polanski knowledge Mm. to like i've not seen those two movies which are the two movies that it seems like everybody um uh, apparently it even my understanding is it even like repeats shots from those movies and stuff yeah there are there are very specific deep references to those movies in this movie all of that went over my head and so like i was just watching something where i was like kind of just aggravated by the characters the whole time yeah and never really knew what we were doing yeah i have a hard time with movies where i don't care about the leads yeah um and so this was one of those movies for me where i was just like oh like they're all kind of shitty but i also feel like that's part of what the movie is doing and what it's kind of going back to and so i just it's a movie like I want to dissect with some people. So if you've seen this movie yeah. and you liked it or have some insights and thoughts, please email us or yeah. message me or something. I like want to talk about this. I'm with you. I feel like there were just some hurdles for you and I in yeah. like connecting with that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I, I, I felt similar to you, I think. Yeah. Um, were there any other movies you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think we could jump right into uh, Linnea's phonography because just... I've been thinking a lot about it. <laughs> Her work in the last I week know. or so. I do want to add just a quick, uh, I'm calling this killer bee sightings. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, you know, when we watch something with like a killer bee in it that we've covered, oh. I thought it'd be fun to like bring this I segment start in. noting that because I actually have like a few times yeah. recently done that. Um, but mostly I just wanted to mention that uh, we saw, uh, and I don't know if we brought it up when we first saw it, but we saw Adrian Barbeau in... Um, uh, Cowboy Bebop, the oh, Netflix God, yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's in like, I don't know, like the second or third episode. And I know a lot of people are not digging the show. I like a lot of aspects of it and yeah. I've been enjoying it quite You've a bit. A good time with it. She was she's great in that she episode she's in. And she is playing a character that is from the original anime yes. and does a really good job. Um and I think we mentioned when we did her episode too that like she in an interview talked about, oh yeah, I'm gonna be working on Cowboy Bebop. So yeah. and I kind of forgot about it until we got to that episode. And I was here. like, oh fuck. Like so I just wanted to mention that because that's a great uh, moment where we saw her. Um, it's actually I'm glad you brought that up. That's funny. One of the things that I watched this week was the uh, 90s Judge Dredd movie mm. starring um, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, and she's just like a voice in she's, that, right? Yeah, she's like the voice of the yeah. like central computer system, oh, cool. which is sort of, is basically like an AI that almost like runs the, like law in, yeah. in the, or whatever. And, uh, and, and like her name came up in the opening credits, like Adrian Barbeau. And so I spent the movie like rubbing my hands together, like, can't wait to see Adrian. And like halfway through the movie, I was like, 
oh wait this is the movie where she's like the voice i keep hearing there I'm were never like gonna three see or four of those yeah. movies yeah. that we i was like oh and she just they yeah. just utilize her voice in this too yeah, which but. by the way i highly recommend that judge dread movie you and i should watch it sometime oh, I, cool. I know you have the same soft spot i do for some of that uh weird uh stallone energy and uh it's it's pretty good stallone has really grown on me in a way i never yeah. expected yeah yeah uh, really enjoyed that movie awesome yeah Let's talk about Linnea. Yes, please. Uh, so she has 173 acting credits, nine producing credits, and also one composer credit, according to IMDb, which I thought was kind of interesting. Why did she get a composing credit for? Um, it's for up. a documentary. Ah, okay. Yes, that she uh, that she worked on. Sure. Uh, she actually did like a lot of documentaries and was involved in like some different like uh books and things that like I had never heard of so I was also like kind of stoked to learn some of that information. All right. Um all right. So Linnea was born May 27th, 1958 in Davenport, Iowa. Um, after moving uh, to Los Angeles in the late 70s, um, she began working at a spa where she was like encouraged to try modeling and acting um, and soon started getting small parts in commercials and B-movies. She said uh, there was like an interview I found where she says, well, I didn't think that I had any chance because I came from Iowa and I was very, 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 very shy. And it wasn't until I moved to L.A. when I was 16 that I got the acting bug. Okay. It's also just really funny to think of her as being like a shy person. Yeah. I was um, going to say, that is like such a funny thing for her to say about herself. Yeah. Uh, her first major uh, acting role was in a toothpaste commercial. Sure. Um, apparently at the age of 15, she represented the Bentonford, Iowa in the Miss National Teenager pageant. Uh-huh. Um, and then her dad was a doctor. And I mentioned that just because there was an interesting quote where everyone wants to ask her about like how often she's naked in movies. Yes. She does. Yeah. She's naked in why it's a funny lot that of she movies. comments on herself being shy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so she says, with the naked stuff, I came from a family where my dad was a doctor, so it wasn't like the body was something to hide or anything. But being shy, I would just treat it, uh, I would just treat it by turning everyone out and doing what I needed to do and just thinking of my lines and try not to make it a big deal because the more you try to hide it, the more people are going to look. Okay. Uh, which I was like, oh, that's like kind of an interesting way for her to like talk about the fact that she is playing like characters that get nude very frequently For sure. yeah she's like a skin queen as much as a scream queen yeah. right it's like yeah um and then i have found this quote from her where she just says i like playing tough girls because they're so different from who i am it's i'm really boring it it's really boring to play the good nice girl that's too much like my real personality uh, also, so interesting. I that like, is interesting. Yeah, because she does play like we'll talk about it. She like seems to go out of her way a few times to play like pretty you know tough characters. Yeah. Um. So and there's a you know I know sometimes people will like comment and stuff that we like skipped over some movies and I definitely did that here just because there were some movies that uh, didn't have like that much information or like any information on IMDb. Um, so I tried to just like in a lot of things that she just has bits parts in. So I just tried to like skip over some of it, which yeah. is like not to say that those movies don't deserve any recognition. If I skip over something that you like, you know, let us know. But yeah. I tried to just like trim this a little bit. She has a ton of acting credits and like, it's a lot of B movies. Like she doesn't do a ton of TV or anything. Yeah. So it was a ton of movies. Yeah. Like she's like perfect for our show. Cause these are legitimate B movies. But to the point of some of them are like 
DNZ movies that you just can't find anything on yeah. other than their title. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of her first acting roles was in 1975 uh, in the film Psycho from Texas, Hell where yeah. she plays a barmaid. Uh, it says a madman and his partner kidnap a retired oil man, uh, requiring a chase through the bayou. Okay, all right. Um, and then in 1978, she has an uncredited role in the David Carradine film Death Sport. Which has a great poster, and I've always wanted to see this movie. Yes. Uh, and then she's in this movie called Fairy Tales, which I almost left out, but then the uh, premise was hilarious. Uh, on his 21st birthday, the prince goes on a quest that takes him across the land, searching for the one woman that gets him sexually excited, Princess Sleeping Beauty. Okay, so it's like the Sleeping Beauty tale from the horny prince's perspective? Yeah, it's interesting. Got it. Um, and then she's in a movie called Auditions, uh, which is a rare historic glimpse at the unique actors and bizarre personalities that showed up in Hollywood at a nude casting call for the erotic Fairy Tales 2 okay. in 1978. I was like, this is so, so it's like a weird. Documentary about, like, yeah, I guess Linnea and anyone else that showed up yeah, to like, be cast in, like, nude roles. Yeah. With this, like, same fairy tales yeah. movie Weird. series. So strange. Um, and then in 1979, she uh, plays a mannequin in the movie Tourist Trap. This is insane to me, because Tourist Trap, by the way, great movie that people should see. Tourist Trap is nuts. I think I fell asleep in the middle of it, so I've never finished it, but I would like to very much. It's nuts. It's real weird and fun. Uh I didn't know she played a man. I don't even know what that means for her to have played a mannequin. I know. Well, I guess because it's like it's a wax museum, right? right? So she must be one of like the wax figures or something. Yeah. But I can't remember. I guess maybe there. I can't remember. Are there scenes where they they don't come to life? I don't know. Yeah. It's such a weird credit. It's funny to have her like have like such a bit role in this like, you know, genre film too uh, that lots of people like. And then she's in the movie. Don't Go Near the Park, uh, which is one of the Video Nasty movies. It's one of the don't films. Uh, yeah, Don't that's Go in on, the Basement, right? Uh, don't Go in the House and Don't Go in the Woods, I think oh, is maybe. the other yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the premise is two siblings cursed in prehistoric times survive for a millennia by feasting on the entrails of young people, prowling it in what eventually becomes a park in t- contemporary Los Angeles. Okay, that's insane. I, I had no idea that was the premise of that movie. So strange. Sounds great. Tried to find this. Could not Could not find it. Apparently, this is difficult to find. Also, she's credited as playing someone's mother in this movie, which blows me away because she's still so young and then, like, all of her career in the 80s and some in the 90s is her just playing, like, hot young babe. Yeah, So, so strange yeah. to me. Um, and then... Uh, same year, she's in a movie called Stone Cold Dead. She plays the first victim. Okay. Uh, Sergeant Boyd's police search for a sniper who has been shooting hookers. Okay. I'm like, all right. Uh, and then we get to her roles in the 80s. Uh, so in 1981, she was in the movie Graduation Day, which I think I've seen. Okay. I think this was like a cheapo movie that I found on like YouTube yeah. or something a while back. So I'm pretty sure I've seen this. But I've never seen this one. I've always wanted to. I, you know, I love these slasher movies. Me too. Yeah. 
Um, a mass killer begins murdering students on the school track team after a track runner dies upon completion of a 30-second 200-meter race. What? Okay. Which is just a very funny premise for a slasher movie. It's also weird that it's called Graduation Day, but it's actually just about like the track team. Yep. Uh, she's then in Nice Dreams, which is a Cheech and Chong movie. She's in several Cheech and Chong movies, which apparently. I have seen bits and pieces of a few of them. I'm curious if I have seen her in I'm, either I think of them. she has small roles in yeah. these. Uh, she's in a movie called The Black Room it's from 1982. Title. I kind of want to watch this because the premise is also crazy. Uh, a serially unfaithful businessman rents a spare room from two siblings to use for his sexual conquest, unaware that they're serial killers who mur- murder every woman he brings there. That's so interesting. So strange. That's a really interesting premise. Yeah. Um, and then 1983, she's in Still Smoking, Cheech which is Jones. another Cheech and Shaw yeah. movie, and she plays Blonde at the Bar. So sure. I'm pretty sure okay. her roles are pretty gotcha. small there. Um. And then is in a movie called Young Warriors, which I br- brought this up, too, because the next movie we're going to talk about has a very similar premise. Sure. Um, a young woman is gang raped and murdered in California, um, sparking her brother, Kevin, to take up arms by night with a gang of like-minded vigilantes um, and punishing people that they catch in the criminal act. Okay, so that's like... That's like sort of the premise of um, what's that Charles Bronson movie that there's like five a death wish yeah um, but I guess set around like college age people well it's like you know kind of the rape revenge that's like the you know the, the man the males become the protagonist yeah yeah they're they're they are taking vengeance they're they're yeah. avengers they are taking vengeance for yeah. the the people that yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but then the year later, in 1984, she is in Savage Streets, which is one of my favorite movies. And this is also like kind of a rape revenge movie in some yeah. ways. Oh, yeah. Um, where it's uh, so Linnea plays like um, a deaf girl. Yeah. She's Linda Blair's sister. Yes. And she's like, it's interesting how uh, good she is with like makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. She just looks unrecognizable in certain mm-hmm. things. Cause like I loved Night of the Demons, which we'll talk about later did not recognize her later on when I saw Savage Streets as this, like, younger sister because she's so innocent and cute and done up in this way where she, like, looks really young. Mm -hmm. So I just, like, never thought that she was that same person. We watched another movie for this that we'll talk about later where I didn't recognize her for the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, I love this movie, but also, like, uh, uh, Linnea is involved in, like, a graphic rape scene. Yeah, it, like, kicks off the movie, basically. Yeah, she's, like, gang raped by these four guys. Um, And, yeah, and then, like, these four guys then later kill um, one of Linda Blair's friends. And so, like, this is when Linda Blair goes on this, like, quest to, like clean the streets of these like fuckheads yes. that like raped her sister and killed her friend. Killed her friend yeah. Um, this movie rocks. Oh, it's so good. It's like really fulfilling revenge fantasy. Yeah. Um, which you and I, I think I've talked about a lot of like when they are and aren't fulfilling and how much that matters. And this yeah. one is like, very fulfilling. Yeah, for sure. And like Linda Blair is this like badass that like, you know, keeps getting into fights and like they all think she's like the problem child at school, but right. like 
she's so fiercely protective of like the people in her life and has like a really close, cute relationship with her sister too Mm -hmm. in this movie, uh, which I really like. Um, So it just, yeah, this like works really well for me. And yeah, Quigley's doing something like totally different in this movie than other things. Never does anything like this again in her career to my knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is like a pretty, I don't know, like straightforward, like subdued. There's nothing like big or over the top or crazy about this character. Yeah, for sure. But also like when she says at the beginning, she likes playing like badass characters because like being nice is kind of boring. It's like, oh, I get that because she like, she doesn't get to kind of pop in the way that she does in some of these other movies. She's a victim in this movie. That's what she is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, she like references the nudity in this movie too, cause it is like very different from other movies too. Cause she's being raped in this. Yeah. Um, specifically with this, she said, I don't find nudity liberating at all. I had a hard time every time I was required to be nude in this and other films, uh, since the cast and crew all have to try to get on set, like they have never seen a naked woman before. So I always tried to have closed sets. Um, and Smart. then. In later interviews, Quigley uh, says that being nude uh, in most of her films since the beginning of her career and says nudity is not a big deal and wonder why people freak out about it. So it is interesting the different ways she kind of talks about nudity. I'm sure she had evolving feelings about it as she went on through her career. And like, you know, when she mentions the clothes sets and stuff, it's like, well, it's like also nice to know that she tried to like take some control and like make herself herself. feel more comfortable in these situations where she like, you know, is very vulnerable uh, oftentimes. Um, And then the same year she is in Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I know you have seen. Yeah, this movie is pretty great. Uh, Although I have to say, I I don't really remember her in it specifically. Um, Yeah, and... I guess there were, like, a lot of protests around this film. Um, she was asked about it in an interview, and she was like, she's like, I was shocked when my manager called me in Mexico where I, uh, where she was filming another movie and said and said that there were, like, all these protests going on. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is just another horror film. Yeah. Like, I couldn't understand it. But I think it's, like, Christmas horror, like, gets people in a certain way. Yeah, people don't like when the Norman Rockwell painting is, like, perverted in any way. You know what I mean? Uh, I follow Mike Dougherty on Instagram. um, Director of Krampus. Yeah, and he... I think he was, like, celebrating, like, the release of Krampus or something. Yeah, it came out on 4K, and it's, I think, like, yeah. an extended cut of the movie. So he was like, hey, to celebrate, I'm going to share all the tweets that people sent me about how disgusted they were with so this funny. film. And, it, yeah, it's all these people that's like, how dare you pervert Christmas? Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, people just get really upset about, like, holiday horror like this. Yeah. And that makes me so gleeful. If Christmas is not a Coca-Cola commercial, it's not Christmas. Yeah, that's true. That's un-American and Jesus like yeah yeah so true uh and then she is in the movie fatal games a javelin thrower <laughs> aims to kill seven olympic contenders at the falcon academy of athletics oh why aren't we watching that right now sounds amazing that right sounds great uh and then in 1985 she is in return of the living dead yeah uh, which so this is crazy to me because i did not know that she is yeah. the naked dancing girl in the the op- like one of the opening scenes of the movie. Well, another time where it's like she's really good. Like she's got uh, this wig on. It's yep. like this red, like really short cut wig. Oftentimes she has blonde hair in most things we yep. watch her in. And then she's like, like really punk in this yep. movie. And she's got like a ton of like makeup on that she doesn't typically have. Yep. And so they like 
really make her look totally different in this movie. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, it took me a while, too, to make some of those connections where I was like, oh, this person keeps popping up in all of these movies yeah. I like. And so Return of the Living Dead is, like, one of my favorite. I really love Return of the Living Dead. I yeah. think this movie is so fun and funny. Um, and there are so many things about it that are iconic. Mm-hmm. You have Tar Man. You have the um, Send More Cops. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and it establishes, uh, it's so fun and funny and weird, but, like, she is undoubtedly one of the like really iconic things about the yeah. movie. The the naked strip tease that she does on top of a grave, right? Yeah. That's what it is. She's like standing on a gravestone. Yeah. Like full frontal. Yeah. Is definitely, you know, I think that is why it's a staple of 80s rentals, you yep. know what I mean? I always think of her too cuz she's like naked in front of this like sad punk that she's like clearly trying to seduce yes. and he pays zero attention yes. to her it's so funny and you're like what what is wrong with this dude yeah, yeah. um but yeah she also talks about there was like a lot of stuff going on with the nudity of this film okay. apparently so initially, she was completely naked with pubic hair, uh-huh. uh, which was, you know, very normal uh, for the 80s, especially that like women had pubic hair. Uh-huh. Uh, but then the producer, Graham Henderson, visited the shoot and apparently said to O'Bannon that you can't show pubic hair. Like, okay. that's you can't do that. So they sent her away and had her completely shaved. Uh-huh. Uh, which she says she found to be one of the most embarrassing parts of, of course, the whole to be told situation. You have to do that, yeah. Yeah, and also that guy clearly showed up to set, like, so that he could see this naked one, right? Like, yeah. That when you hear stories like that, it's because a guy knows that that's what's on the schedule and shows up to see that. Well, then they did another shoot, and then Henderson is like, "Oh God, this is even worse. You can see everything." Jesus. It's like, yeah. What the fuck did you think? Um, so then at that point, they send Quigley over uh, to the folks that are doing like um, like props and costumes and stuff, and they made like a crotch piece uh-huh. uh, resembling the bottom of a G string that they glued on. Jesus. Um, and so she had to get like all of this work done uh, because they wanted her to do this completely naked scene but still wanted to kind of cover her up for it it's so strange that is so strange uh it also has this note that says fans still ask if there's any footage of the version of her dance with the pubic hair or uncovered shaved vagina it's like of course fans ask that fans are terrible uh also apparently one of the she in one of the casting uh, conversations she had about this movie, the casting person's name was Stanzi, no. which was wild. I was reading that today, which is my sister's name yeah. and like a very uncommon name. Yeah. Uh, so I sent that to her. I was like, oh, hey, like I'm reading an article about someone named Stanzi, which was like kind of funny. Yeah. Um, she was then in a movie called Stocked! Exclamation point. Love those exclamation point titles. Me too. A disturbed man kidnaps women and conditions them into being his slaves. Yeah, gross. gross. <laughs> uh, and then in 1987, she is in the movie Creepazoids, directed by David Decateau, who she works with so like, much. Like 15 more times. Yeah. Uh, so I guess this is her first movie with him? I believe so. Okay. There may be one that like I accidentally left out or okay. I didn't notice because okay. there's so many of these movies yeah. that I just was like, oh, and another Degato. Yeah, she was yep. in a lot of movies that this guy made, yeah. And a lot of his movies are like very, 
similar in just their weird, horny, like goofball premises. Yeah, he makes a lot of essentially softcore pornography. A lot yeah. of stuff that I assume was made basically with the intent that uh, like Cinemax would buy it and play it late yeah. at night. You know what I mean? Um, he is now kind of famous for this series called 1313, mm-hmm. which is just about a bunch of like hunky boys walking around a house that I think David Decato owns, um, you know, getting into like spooky haunting type stuff. But like really it's an excuse for these like hunky guys to be shirtless and walking around a house. I love hunky boys. I, frankly, it's one of the <laughs> things we'll need to talk about as we get into even the movies we watched of his, which are definitely meant to be about babes but every single one of them has a subplot about hunky boys ending up like alone together there's always some weird stuff with guys in these movies um this is also the first movie that she seems to be a producer on she was associate producer of creepazoids i assume this is one of the things she likes about working with david decato is Mm -hmm. she like makes these movies with him you Mm -hmm. know like she's listed on it as a producer on a lot of them yeah which is uh very cool yeah um and this is about a group of survivors trying to avoid the battles of World War III. When they try to escape to the quiet lands, they encounter something much more deadly. Okay, what a cr- fucking crazy plot. We saw like some clips of this movie uh, from a different video we watched yes. of uh, Linnea. Yeah. And I could not tell you what this movie was about no. based on the clips we watched because they're attacked weird. by like three different types of monster things. Yep. There's like monster rats, someone then becomes obsessed, and then there's this giant creature that just squishes her head. Yeah, uh, it looked real weird, but also it's clear that like she and Day Kato are proud of it. I don't know how to say his name really, um, because like the poster for this movie ended up in the background of like two other David Decato movies that yeah. we watched. Um, she's then stars in the movie Treasure of the Moon Goddess. Oh, okay. Great title. Uh, in which she plays a pop singer touring Central America, um, and becomes the target of a local tribe because she resembles their native moon goddess. Oh, sure. So it's a C-3PO movie starring Linnea Quigley. Yep. Uh, and then in 1988, uh, she is in Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bolorama. Oh, one of the great titles in cinema history. Yes. Uh, this is another David Decato, I believe. Yes, it is. It's also, I think, one of the first times she works with Michelle Bauer, um, who she's in like countless movies and a lot of Decato movies, but it also seems like they just were. Kind of some of like the scream queen girls like in the circle that work together. I gotcha. So they just were in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. together. Yes. Um, so yeah, he uh, the d- director wanted to work with Lin- uh, Linnea so bad uh, that he handed her the script and told her she could play any character she wanted. And so she decided she wanted to play Spider. Spider. Yep. Yes. Uh, this is where she really, you know, that quote earlier where she was like, I really like to play like badass characters. Yes. Spider is for sure the, you know, the quintessential Linnea badass, I think. It's great, too, because Spider just has a giant S on her arm that yep. isn't even made to look like a real tattoo. Nope. It literally just looks like someone drew an S, drew an on, S her on her arm. It's yep. like, I'm Spider. Yep. Um, Who, by the way, in the plot of the movie is just like, a person that is in the process of robbing a bowling alley yep. as a bunch of teenagers break into it. And then she's just stuck with these and teenagers. So then she's just stuck with these teenagers yeah. for the rest of the night. Um, yeah, also the uh, sorority house that's in this movie was used in uh, Murder Weapon, which, which we'll talk we about later, yep. and the Quigley Horror Workout Yep, video, okay, I thought about. so. Yeah, this is, I think, another thing famous about Decato movies is that, like, 
he has certain locations that he just yeah. he can get them and he uses them over and over. He I believe yep. shoots a lot of movies in his own home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, apparently a lot of Decato movies look very similar because they take place on the exact same location. Um, also, apparently one of Linnea's uh, dream jobs because it was one of the rare times she didn't have to get naked. Oh, true, right. Yes, yep. Spider is clothed through the whole movie. Yeah, through the whole thing. Yep. Um, also, like, had zero clue what this movie was really about. <laughs> I just knew the name, knew the cover of it. Yep, same. So when you get to the part where these sorority kids are breaking into a bowling alley uh-huh. and they steal a trophy uh-huh. and then knock the trophy over in yep. a tiny puppet demon. He, I believe he is specifically an imp in the He's context an of the movie. That's right? it. Yeah comes to life and is like i'm gonna grant you wishes and then just like wreaks havoc on them i like it reminded me of night of the demons in a lot of ways actually but like the imp character was so wild that i think you and i were both like baffled every time he came on screen it it was it's weird because this movie of all the david decato movies we watched which we watched like three or four this was like the best looking one the one that was the best Mm. produced like looked and felt like a real movie, but was maybe also the most boring in some ways. Uh, there was something there was something more charming to me about the like low rent weird ones. Not yeah. that this is not weird. Um, this is certainly weird, and th- this movie is fun. Like I do like this movie, but it's I had a these... little more fun with the ones that were like a little more like incompetent and strange. It's some of these movies where like there's a setup where everyone's stuck in a space. And so they're just, like, hiding from creatures and monsters and all this stuff. And so then there's just a lot of scenes of them, like, hiding. Yes. And, like, there's, like, also a lot of, like, really long conversations that just go on forever. And so, like, those parts just get a little boring and kind of, like, fuck with, I feel like, the the speed and tempo of the movie. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot that I liked about this movie. But yeah, this one didn't totally work for me. And I think it's just like extra disappointing because that really is one of the great titles. And it's like, oh, God, I wish this movie lived up to this title. Also, this is one of the Decateau movies where it's one of at least two where someone just like finds a gun in a totally random spot. Like they pull that out of a box and they're like, oh, there's a gun. We can use it. Pull one off of a shelf or something, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. These they just have guns now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But Linnea's like so fun in this movie. She is really She's digging great. into Spider. She does she does a really good job in yeah. it. Um and then uh the actor Hal Havens is in it and he uh is also from Night of the Demons. Oh, yeah, right. And apparently yes. she suggested him after like they worked together on that, which was cool. Okay, that is cool. Um then we got Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, uh, again with Michelle Bauer. Another great title. Um, a detective embarks on a mission to track down a woman in L.A. seedy nightclubs, only to come face-to-face with a bloodthirsty cult of leathery, beautiful prostitutes. It says lethally beautiful Oh, lethally beautiful. Leathery, beautiful. Po- I don't know what I think. I don't think. Leathery and beautiful don't feel like two words. I was thinking like leather clad was what my brain was thinking when I I said that. Yeah, which I think probably is also true. Yeah, they probably are in leather. You're probably right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, sorry, I shouldn't have corrected you. They probably are leathery. They they're leathered up. Yeah, Yeah. leathered uh, prostitutes. Yeah, lethally beautiful. Yeah, 
You see the next version of Hollywood's Demented Chainsaw Hookers. I honestly I didn't know that was about a bloodthirsty cult of prostitutes. That sounds awesome. Also sounds great. Yeah. yeah. So many of these are seem very fun. Yeah. Uh and also we had there are a lot of these that I like had on a list for us to try to find, and a lot of them are very hard to find. Yes. Yeah. Some of these movies basically like don't exist. Yeah. There's a lot that I wanted to see that just like yeah. we couldn't, which is unfortunate. Uh I do think Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers is one you could uh, watch if you wanted to. Yeah, I hope so. It should be at least. Um, and then the next movie is Night of the Demons. This is what I referenced earlier as one of your favorite movies. One of my absolute favorites. Yeah. Um, I saw this at Horrorthon a couple years ago. I, the I, director, I, Kevin S. Tenney, actually like showed up and talked a little bit about Night of the so Demons fun. with us. I saw it at a different Exhumed show, but same thing. He yeah. was there and talked about it a little bit. Yeah, and this was... This is... so. When I went to this horathon, my friend Annie had given me edibles that I was like, oh, I got to pick like my moment when uh-huh. I'm going to get these. And all edibles are kind of different. Um, yeah. So this one took like an hour to kick in. Mm-hmm. And Night of the Demons was one of those things, one of the movies that played at like 1 or 2 a.m. And so the thing with horathon is they tend to like put the weirdest movies at these times where everyone's like, really tired you've been there for like 12 hours already and you're like kind of loopy and so like my edible kicked in as soon as night of the demon started and it was a wild ride yeah uh and maybe is also one of the reasons this will like always live in my head is like the craziest thing like yeah yeah there's so much uh, character just just giving weird exposition. Yes. And I remember that, like, making me laugh so hard <laughs> when I was watching it at, like, 1 a.m. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, this is a, I mean, I have, like, a steel box of this. I yeah. have the Angela doll. Me and my friend Lauren have always talked about dressing up as uh, Angela and what's uh, Linnea's character's name? Oh, I do uh, Suzanne. Oh, sure. Because uh, they have these, like, iconic outfits. And they still bring them out, like, at conventions. They'll, like, wear those outfits together um, now, which is, like, really awesome. That's I, like, cool. love seeing them do that. Well, Angela has that iconic Bauhaus dance, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she and Suzanne have these really iconic moments. So, yeah, she has the Bauhaus dance that's, like, fucking incredible. Yeah, I'm right about that, right? It's a Bauhaus song? I think so. Yeah. Um, or at least it's, like, it's a goth band if it's okay, not okay. Bauhaus. Yeah. Um, but then Linnea's character has uh, the iconic scene where she scene. takes... A lipstick and just like presses it all the way into her boob and it just like goes inside of her tit. Yeah, she. I don't know how to describe it other than she takes a lipstick and puts it inside of her just nipple. Just forces it into. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like bloody or anything. No. It goes right in. Yeah, but it's like she draws like a little like Twilight Zone spiral on her boob mm-hmm. and then shoves the thing directly into her nipple. Uh, it's amazing she's so horny in this movie (laughs) her character is introduced by just like you see i think her ass first she's like bending over to distract the guys working at like the convenience store so angela can steal stuff and she has the very iconic line she goes do you guys have sour balls and they're like yeah and she goes oh too bad you must not get many dates then (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) 
And then my friend Lauren and I always talk where she just like she always has her little like mirror out to like check her makeup and she's just like I just want to look good for the boys. Yeah, for the boys. I love it. The the boys who like drive that like eat, like clunker everywhere and stuff like Yep. The the boy characters in this movie are also like very funny yeah. to me. It's just such a weird group of kids that yes. are in the haunted house. And this movie is one of those movies that we like one of the reasons it reminds me of uh, Sorority Girls is that it gets kind of slow in the middle, but like that opening and like when they first get to the house and yeah, like the Angela's dance, all that stuff is like so fucking good and iconic that like I think the boring parts and towards the end like are very forgivable. I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, whatever. Like everything else fucking rocks. Yeah, it, it is interesting. That movie is like the opening half hour is so strong mm-hmm. and it kind of just goes downhill from there. It never gets like like super bad or yeah. anything, but it, it just kind of gets boring and spins its wheels. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, that opening half hour is really strong and entertaining. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, Linnea and the special effects artist Steve Johnson met when they came, uh, when she came in to get the mold for her fake breast done, okay. and they were later married. Oh, no shit. Yep. That's cool. Uh, and then she was asked about the lipstick scene, and she said, I really liked it because I like really different offbeat stuff. So actually, I thought that it was a really great idea, and it would really freak out the audience. I didn't understand how much they'd get freaked out because I already knew it from the school script but it was great to make people squirm and even the guys got uncomfortable yeah that must feel good that like last part that like oh, yeah, even men get like uncomfortable at this like thing that i'm doing with my body which yep. normally they're objectifying and yeah yeah yep. it's so weird yeah um so after night of the demons uh she's in a movie called dead heat i, I really want to see this movie it's it's such a I love that the title is what it is for this premise. And it's got like a, uh, seems to have like a cult following. Yeah. But Vincent Price is in this movie. Oh, no shit, I didn't know like, that. Uh, yeah, like a much older Vincent Price is in this. Um, yeah. So it's about a cop and his undead partner who must chase down the diabolical villain who killed him. Yeah, they're in a dead heat because they're dead, dead and they're the cops, so they're the heat and it's a chase, so yep. it's a dead heat. Oh, I love it. What a what a great pun yeah. title. I'm pretty sure Dave from uh, Butter With That is like obsessed with this movie. Okay. This is one of his um and then after that she's in Nightmare Sisters again with Michelle Bauer. Yeah, this uh, is like third or fourth time already. Yep. And uh directed by David Decato, yep. um which we also watched this one. Yes. Um, she also performs a song in this one. She performs uh, Santa Monica Boulevard Boy. Okay. Uh, she has that like great dance number um, in the middle of Nightmare Sisters. Yes. Uh, this movie was pretty fun, I yeah, thought. Yeah, it's it, fun. It's very cheap. It's very much like softcore pornography. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an excuse to get these three ladies like naked a lot. Yep. But then they also bite a bunch of guys' dicks off. Yeah, there's like actually they're like, that like is the succubi, plot of the movie. Yeah. succubus. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, whenever they bite their dicks off, the guys just like there's like steam that comes yep. out of them, and then they just turn into a pile of ashes. Yes. It's hilarious. I, this movie is like it's very juvenile. The sense of humor is so juvenile mm-hmm. to the point of being annoying sometimes. Yeah. But it's also like really funny to me that the premise of this movie is that like as soon as these girls get horny Mm -hmm. which is like a curse that happens to them basically right but like ostensibly they get horny and immediately the guys are like i don't know 
I think there's something wrong now. Yeah. Women shouldn't be horny. There's something wrong with them when they're horny. You know, it's like, yep. it's very much about these guys like being like, I don't know. This is the, this is too much for me. I can't handle this. Well, there's like one guy that's like, no, something's definitely wrong. And the other guys are like, hey, these really nerdy like girls that we were just with just turned into the hottest babes ever. And you're yeah. telling us we're not supposed to have sex yeah, with yeah. them, which is also very funny yeah. to me. And there is like the, they, the girls, the three of them take a bath and the bath scene lasts again for like way so too long. long. It's hilarious. It's also the second movie I've seen in my life where as a woman is washing her breasts with soap, they add squeegee sound effects mm-hmm. so that you just hear wee, wee, wee. Yep. Which, why is that in two movies I've seen? That shouldn't even be in one movie Who I've knows? ever seen. It just is appropriate, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um, and then she also has a role in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, which I couldn't remember what she would possibly be in. Right. She's a soul from Freddy's chest. Okay, and I kind of remember that scene now. And yeah. that's, again, so crazy that she just... Basically is a part of a special effect. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like the mannequin thing yeah. in Tourist Trap. It's yeah. like, how did you get just this weird yeah, role? Yeah, just like part of a special effect, basically. Yeah. Um, and then in 1989, she is in Dr. Alien, which is another Decato movie. Of course it is. A sexy substitute teacher replaces... Uh, a teacher who was killed by a UFO encounter, okay. but her research on a nerdy student is now making him a lady magnet. What? Yep. Everything about that sounds strange. Uh, and then she's also in the movie Assault of the Party Nerds, which I think we saw a clip or two of this yep. one also. Um, I think there's a few of those movies too. Yep. And I, yeah, there's another one that she's in, I think. Um She's then in Deadly Embrace, again directed by David DiCato with Michelle Bauer. And then she stars in Vice Academy, Uh uh, which we also saw a clip of this. We saw her like getting into a cat fight, which was funny. Yes. Um, Students at the Police Vice Academy go out on the street of L.A. and accumulate graduation points by trying to make small arrests. What, What a fucking plot. The idea of students making arrests, too. I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, she is then in Witch Trap, uh, directed by Kevin Tenney. Director of, uh, your movie. Yes, Night, Night of, of the Demons. Demons. Uh, parapsychologists try to make an inn haunted by an evil witch's ghost, uh, safe for guests. Okay. Yeah. Witch Trap. Witch Trap. And then she's in Sex Bomb, <laughs> you know? Uh, a low-budget film producer begins shooting his next two epics, I Rip Your Flesh with Pliers and Werewolves in Heat. Oh, my God. Uh, what he doesn't know is that his sexy young wife wants him dead and plans to use the film as a cover for it. Okay, that's kind of fun. It sounds really funny. Yeah. Uh, and then she's in another Decato movie called Murder Weapon, yes. uh, which we also watched. Yes, we did. And this is probably the worst looking of his movies that we saw. It is. It's a U- we also watched like a YouTube video of yes, it. Yes, I would be curious to see a better transfer of it. Yes. But I think even a better transfer, it is wild to me that this movie, because we watched this movie, I think, first of yeah. all of the Decato movies that we watched. And I was like, oh, okay, this is about what I expected. It's yeah. like kind of incompetent. Yep. I'm to understand he made these like really cheap movies, having never seen any of them before we watched this. But then we watched, uh, you know, Sorority Babes and the Slime Bowlerama, and uh, I was like, oh, this is like this looks like a Hollywood production. Like mm-hmm. this looks like you know, 
So then I was assuming that murder weapon must have been made years before Sorority Babes. You know, like, no. This movie was made years after Sorority Babes. He somehow got, like, much worse as a filmmaker or, or something. Actually, I think what I understand is that, like, a lot of times he made movies, like, in three days. Like, yes. where Sorority Babes was, like, I think an actual production that had a schedule and blah, blah, blah. Like, a few of the movies that we talked about. Like, I think... um. The other one we just talked about was like made on a dare over a weekend in mm. one location or something. I mean, like murder, that. yeah, murder weapon couldn't have been more it is than a couple days. So of incompetently shooting. made, it's crazy. There um, are dialogue scenes that last for like ten minutes, and all they are are endless close-ups, back and forth, one-two shots of two different characters. You never even get an establishing shot that they're both in the same room. You just get endless. This person, this person, this person, this person, back and forth between close-ups. But at the same time, also my favorite Decato movie that we watched. It was so entertaining. Yeah. In in its incompetence and also because it was just like very weird and strange and funny. Yeah, and it's like unclear what it, it's I don't know if it's just like the writing or also yeah. like it's possible that like what we watched on YouTube was like an incomplete movie because it yeah. just cuts and it seems like maybe there was more of it. Yeah. But it's hard to say. Uh, but in my head, the plot of that movie is that these two girls who were, like, spending time in, like, a mental hospital get out and use a party as a cover to try to murder all their exes, yes. which I think is an awesome plot. They have, like, an ex-boyfriend murder party, basically. Yeah. 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 It's hilarious. Yeah. It's such a strange movie. And, like, the format of the movie is really weird. Yep. Where it's, like... Kind of like dreams within dreams within memories, mm -hmm. kind of. It's like the way it's structured. Yeah. It, it like took me a while to even kind of figure out like what it was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We were like 25 minutes in before I was like, okay. Yeah. Now I know where we are, what we're doing. Because then it kind of gets into just like a regular slasher. And yes. you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I can I can vibe with this. Yeah. And didn't this one actually have like surprisingly like pretty gory, crazy kill effects? It had some really good kill effects. Yeah. Um, because it's like so incompetently made yeah. and then all of a sudden it would have these like really good graphic like yeah. kill effects. It also had these like scenes that it was like they're trying to be sexy, but it's actually like not sexy at all. Yeah. Like one girl is like, ooh, did you like bring what I wanted? And it's like shaving cream. And yeah. she just wanted this guy to shave, shave her, her legs. legs. And yeah. I was like, ew, yeah. that's disgusting. Yeah. Um, it's like, let me sensually shave your leg. This is also the movie where there's a scene where someone's coming in to check a room for the killer, and you can see oh, one yeah. of the... You can see, like, a gaffer yeah. or, like, a light guy just, like, standing off to the side of the holding frame. Holding a beer. Yeah. Like, he's oh, yeah, just, he's like, chilling, holding yeah. a beer in his yeah. hand. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really liked this movie I did too. a lot. It was really fun. Uh, also, the guy characters, I think, are very funny in this movie. Yeah, this is, okay, this is another one where, like, for long stretches of the movie, the ex-boyfriends that were invited to this party are abandoned by the only females at the party, and so they're just hanging out together. Mm -hmm. And they're just dudes being dudes. Like, they, they, like, are playing sports together at one point. It's like so they just funny. all decide. But then at one point... Three of them are sitting on a couch together watching porn and eating popcorn. Yep. You know, as you do with your boys. Yeah, of you course. just watch pornography on the couch together while eating popcorn. Yep. It was great. Yeah. So funny. Um, And then we get the movie Blood Nasty. Oh, okay. Uh, Roy is killed by a couple of jewel thieves and is brought back to life and possessed by a deceased serial killer, Blade. Blade. 
Right, and I think we're going to stop here yeah, since we're gonna we make... still have a lot of movies to talk about. We have so much to talk about. This ended up being, we talked way more about Linnea than we thought we would, and so we're, we'll make this a two-parter. Yeah. Which is uh, which is kind of cool, because um, I feel like there's some stuff from the 90s and 2000s that we are like excited to talk about, yeah, so this should be good. We watched more movies of hers than I even realized, actually, so yeah. it will be fun to, um, yeah, we'll have a whole other episode about her, which yeah. is great. It's awesome. Good. And she just, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to talk more about her, because she is just, she ended up making so many interesting movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think if I can, I didn't see her talk about it too, too much in any of the interviews I looked at, but I would love if I could, like, find more information just about her relationship with Decato. Yeah. Like, I think that would just be interesting for for me, because they've been in so many, worked together so many times. Well, we watched, I think, three of those, at least. It's yeah. like, if you are, to, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, let's talk about Linnea Quigley, and it turns out when you're talking about Linnea Quigley, you are like also talking about David Decato. I know, and yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh, we like, yeah, because then like there's also these other women that she yep. worked with a lot too. I like, I'm so interested, and so I actually like do want to do a teeny bit more research, which yep. should be fun too. That's great. So Hopefully yeah, we'll I come do, up with some stuff. We will have another episode that'll be like the 90s on through the rest of her career. Yeah, which is still a lot. She has worked so consistently oh, yeah. throughout her life, yeah. like more so than I think other people we've talked about. Mm-hmm. It's wild to yeah, me. Yeah, she doesn't have that like break and then she comes back, you know, later yeah. in her life or whatever. She yeah, where it's like consistently. Oh, like people didn't realize she was great until like a few years back and now she's in things again like no it's like she's been working like this whole time yeah um so yeah this should be cool to talk more about yeah well um is there anything that uh, you need or want to plug um yeah i mean you can find my uh my writing on movie john uh this the month of december i'll I will be writing about uh, Scary of 61st, which I, we talked a little bit about, uh, as well as Stage Fright uh, from 87. Uh, it's getting a 4K release, so I got to uh, I get to review that movie, which was pretty fun. That was super fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check check some of that out. Yeah, um, you can find me everywhere online at Filmadelphia. That's with an F. Follow my letterboxed. Love doing my letterboxing where you can find me watching Gamera movies all the live long day. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a lot of 70s paranoid thrillers. Oh, God, we didn't talk about it. We should uh, talk about that on on the next Linnea episode. China Syndrome? Fucking China Syndrome. (gasps) The movie was amazing. so hard. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so uh, look me up on Letterboxd at Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, find us on moviejohn.com, J-A-W-N. And I think that's it. Sounds good. Buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz.